This episode of the CoreyCast is brought to you by the letter D for Detroit Boxing Company. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite clothing lines. They have fantastic shirts, amazing hoodies, comfortable sweatpants, dope-ass hats, and these clothes will make you feel fantastic. The cut is just perfect on them, and every time I get something, I'm like, ooh, I need to order myself some more. They have a strong focus on the boxing community, which is something that I really love. You know that I love martial arts, and boxing is for sure a martial art. No doubt about it. And TJ is doing a lot of great stuff with his company. So make sure you show him some love, just like he's showing the viewers of the Corycast some love. Go ahead, pick yourself up a t-shirt, DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the code word CoreyCast at checkout, all one word, and save yourself a little bit of cash. If you are a Syracuse real estate agent, then you will know my next guest. Lenore is the CEO of the GSAR, the Greater Syracuse Association of Realtors here in Syracuse. And all of our mutual friends have told me, you have got to get Lenore on the podcast because she has a great story. She took over the GSAR. She stepped into her role as CEO when the board of realtors was really in, in hot water. The roof was literally caving in on her when she stepped into her position. The building was run down. The It was just not a, a well-run business. And when Lenore stepped in, she really focused on aiding support to the other agents and really, really sharpened her focus on trying to build something that would assist other real estate agents locally and give them the tools that they really need. She has such a really cool story, and I think it is a great example of how fantastic Lenore is. She is such a great person and a fantastic CEO. If you have seen the board of Realtor, uh, the building now, you'd be very impressed to see where it had started uh, and where it is today. Even to the point where Lenore has now set her sights in welcoming other MLSs across central New York into one big MLS. And it is a testament of how fantastic her vision is and how great she is at executing that vision. It was a real joy to sit and talk to her for an hour just because we've only met each other very briefly in passing. I've never really got to know her as a person. And I felt like when I walked away from this conversation, I knew a lot about her, the local Syracuse Realtor uh, community, and uh, was really impressed with all the things that she's been able to accomplish. It was such a joy, and I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Even if you aren't a real estate agent, this is a great episode to really learn about the community. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit that little bell icon so you get a notification every time a new episode of the CoreyCast comes out. Thank you so much for supporting and watching the podcast. If you know somebody who should be on this show, reach out to me and let me know. I'm always looking for guests and I'm always looking for people to inspire me and inspire others around them. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, 
Hi, Corey. I'm Lenore Fetko from the Greater Syracuse Association of Realtors. I also am the CEO for the Central New York Information Service. Very cool. It's It was really important to me that I got to talk to you because I've been an agent for like four years and I, I'm going to be very honest. I don't know if I totally understand how it works. So I feel like this is a good education piece for me because I have no idea. <laughs> I know there's a lot of services you guys provide. Yeah, I think you have great questions. Um, so I guess why don't we, we'll start with uh, how did you get into your position as the CEO? Yes, yeah, so I had been working for the Almire Recording Association as the multiple listing director for 14 years and oh. where I lived. And um, I, I guess uh, colleagues in the industry, people that do what I do now only back then, uh, where CEOs of organizations recommended that I apply for the job. And um, so I came to Syracuse with my um, brief and all my letters of recommendation, and I was interviewed. And actually, I didn't get the job the first time around. They actually gave it really? to, uh, yeah, they gave it to a guy uh, who worked for the, I think, the Connecticut State Association. And uh, he sort of t- took a trip to Syracuse and found out that Things were all so great at the board office that they were struggling. And so he decided not to take the job. So they brought me back in for another interview and uh, offered me the position. So that's okay. Being second place, it worked out for me. Yeah, it works. And you've been extremely successful since then. You were saying that uh, it wasn't doing so hot. What what does that mean? Like, were, uh, was the board like in debt a lot or was the building in disrepair? Yeah, they were. Yeah, no, they had just, uh, uh, put a whole building, uh, beside courtier printing. And I think that expenses got out of control as I know that it can, you know, when you're, especially in commercial construction. Right. And, uh, coupled with the interest rates increasing, um, so that, there weren't as many agents paying dues. And I think it was just like a perfect storm back then of um, just things getting out of control. And then, and I think they also had a hard time finding tenants for the, um, the second story of the building was all open and available as a rental. And Uh what they ended up doing is running it to doctors and uh, doctors uh, would lease the parking spaces right in back of the board office, which made it difficult for the members to come for education because there was nowhere for them to park. And uh, so they had to rent space in a nearby parking lot. And the members and the staff had to walk <laughs> to the board office. So, right. yeah, they were working off a five-month line of credit when I was hired. So, you know, all the supplies they were buying was off of borrowed money and wow. uh, yeah, so the bank at the time had to uh, forgive a lot of the debt on the building to to help keep the organization afloat. So, so when you stepped into the position, like that must have were you anticipating that when you when you took over? I was warned not to take the job, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I was I was young and um, you know. I see now in my life that the, you know, the younger you are, the more of a daredevil you are. You take those chances. And I'm like, you know what, where am I going? This is a great opportunity. I did, I did know that there was um, some difficulty with the association financially, but I wasn't really quite sure to what degree. And uh, I was walking into a job with no predecessor in place. 
uh, he had not been there for eight months. And so, yeah. you know, stacks of mail, um, <laughs> a brand yeah. new job with big responsibilities in debt and uh, with no one to teach me the job. So it was a challenge for sure. Yeah. So day one, Lenore gets the job. She steps into the office and pushes over the mountain of letters. Like, where do you start? Like, how did you begin that process? <laughs> it wasn't easy. The staff at the time um, were wonderful people. And uh, they just helped me plug through, you know, through the piles of stuff. And, and of course, colleagues from out of the area, you know, within New York State were there to help me and uh, guide the way for me. And I called a lot of folks that I thought were mentors in the business who are no longer even with us today. And uh, Gail Macario out of Westchester and Dottie Pismopoulos out of Ulster County and John Leonardi. Um, he was with New Jersey at the time. So I really relied on my colleagues to get me through. Yeah. And especially from your, your past life, you were uh, for the work for the MLS. Yeah. I was the multiple in, listing director. Yeah. Down so, in uh, Corning. Right. So it kind of, yeah, you had some good uh, like networking and some good people you can kind of pull from. Do you still have a mentor today? Like somebody you like look up to and work closely with? I do have in different, for different areas. So, you know, depending on what it is that I'm, what I, I'm doing in, in my field, um, not any one mentor. There's some brokers that I look up to in our, in our area that I think are doing a fantastic job and have always done a fantastic job. And so we collaborate a lot and they help me along the way. And I'm, I'm really blessed to be able to have have the leadership that I do have to pull from. But, um, you know, Elmira Corning is small. So what that did was taught me every facet of the business. When there's not a lot of staff, you have to learn how to do everything. So that yeah. set me up. The, the, that 14 years of hard work set me up for the position that I walked into. Right, right. Wow, a woman of very many hats, especially <laughs> when you have to step into a role where budget's extremely tight. The building is in rough shape. Yeah. And you set your plan forth. And was it just like a very slow, like two years, three years? Are we talking five years? Like how long did it take till you felt yeah. like you were turning around? Ooh, took a while actually to, to step into the role and uh, feel confident to make decisions without. I remember one of the first questions I had and it didn't take long um, could I order toilet paper? <laughs> so yeah, right. I called the president at the time who was Dave Hanlon. I said, Dave, we don't have any money. I mean, how do I do this? What, what am I, where am I getting the money to buy even toilet paper? And he goes, you got to figure it out. <laughs> so I did. All right. See you later. Click. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's your wow. problem now. <laughs> wow. But, Holy cow. Uh, there were a lot of changes that were in my eyes, pretty easy to make. I'm a frugal person by nature. So uh, for me to walk in and see uh, staff um, just ordering supplies from any vendor without comparing prices, without maybe even calling one vendor over another and saying, what kind of discount will you give me if, I, if you're my preferred vendor for a year? Yeah, you know, right. And just knowing to negotiate that and save money by doing that. Um, Another example was we had rugs uh, delivered on a weekly basis uh, in the main uh, hallways uh, for the tenants. And, you know, it was class A space. And, you know, I cut that right <laughs> more than yeah. in half. You know, yeah. that's that's a luxury. It's not yeah. a necessity. Let's right. see what we really have to do to keep 
keep the building open. Yeah, I feel like the toilet papers are more of the necessity, right? Yeah, that was definitely a necessity. But when you're when you're living off of um, borrowed money, you know you're you know you want to be frugal about everything that you're doing, right? Right. So, yeah. so when you man, that's so that is so crazy. Like, do you think it took like three years until things kind of turned around, or do you feel like it was like longer term? Maybe uh, longer than that. Um, what what we ended up doing is there was a bodega, a bodega, one street over um, on the corner. And, you know, it was it was a questionable area in regards to crime. Uh, but there was a big um, sort of field right next to it. And I said, why don't we buy that piece of land and put a camera up on the ceiling or up on the roof of the building? And the receptionist can watch the camera. We can put a gate around it. And um, that could be a parking area that is associated with this property. And at the same time we did that, we bought the land and I was working with the city to get, you know, permits on curb cuts and stuff like that, just to make the property more valuable. And for us to have our own parking area for our members that was safe, um, word got out that that was taking place. And so uh, the next steps were selling the building. And we had an architectural firm that was willing to pay, you know, uh, a fair market value and we we made some money and paid off our debt and that was really the first step in uh turning the corner was to really unload that building and you know it was, do you feel like when you signed the closing documents do you feel like the weight was being lifted off your shoulder absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. because we were flush we were no longer in debt um we even had some money that we could put in an investment account you know, so that we could be ahead. I mean, that's a good feeling for anybody, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Business owner or just your own family. And um, we rented. And, you know, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time is to just like, let's let's play it safe for a little while and get back on our feet and do some good things for the realtors and the membership at large and, and build it. And then eventually the board decided, well, you know, now it's time that we should buy. We're in the home ownership business and uh, that's, we're in good shape now financially. So let's take a look at that. Right. And that's where, you, that's when you guys had moved to North Syracuse? Well, we were on 7th North Street for, I believe, maybe 10 years, maybe 12 years. Oh. Uh, we rented and our landlord was uh, a past member and was very, very good to us and wanted to always make sure that we were a happy tenant. We were on the first floor and it was convenient parking for our members. We were contiguous to growth areas. A 90 was right out in back of the building and 81 was, you know, not even a mile down the street. So um, we really, we went in the right spot for the right period of time. Uh, the board got uh, some of the bigger brokers together and the board of directors together to say, okay, you're the stakeholders in this association. Where do you think if we were to buy a board building, where what would be the ideal place for us to be? And they gave me some parameters. And um, we finally found this building that we're in right now. That, and it was the Knights of Columbus. And it was in pretty rough shape. It, uh, it was a fun place and uh, a lot of fellowship here. So it seemed like a good fit. But um, the rest is history. 8,000 square foot building. And here we are today. Yeah. Wow. It seems like uh, for your particular job, it, I know this might sound a little weird, but some jobs almost have like a like a roadmap, right? Like if you do A, we should do B, C, D. 
but it <laughs> seems like in your job, and I guess anytime you're running a business, you don't have that plan. No. There is no like, here is the roadmap to how you can get this started up. Yeah. And it's it blows me away that you're able to take it to crazy in the whole living off credit to now being very successful, very a very clean facility, a very uh, a wonderful facility. When you walk through there right now, you would you would never have known the known the history. It's it's really right. cool to see the growth in it. When uh, you moved to the North Syracuse office, did you have to do more renovations and stuff? You said was it the Knights oh, of Yeah, Knights of yeah. Columbus. We we totally had. It, there was actually a second story in in the space, and they had a bingo hall, a big huge bingo hall <laughs> with the bingo boards in the in the those big ballrooms that I call them. I and there, you know, we had the dance ball, you know, the disco ball. In yeah, the middle yeah. of the feeling that we still have to, right? Do I, you? I thought that belongs in this building. It it can never leave. We have to feature yeah. that. And so the architect helped us feature that. But it had a second story with a big window, and that all got gutted out. So we basically just gutted the whole thing and started from scratch. Started and from scratch. I knew that I wanted the staff on one side, and on the other side, be able to rent the space to our our brokers and and members to utilize so they didn't have to go to hotels and, and restaurants and pay, you know, large fees. And um, right. we could also have the salesperson's class in education and lock down, uh, you know, where we did that from the staff, you know, to just have the efficiencies of staff being able to have quiet spaces to work and uh, to be efficient. But yeah, the building took about a year of my life to do yeah. literally a year uh, because I, uh, I was the decorator and the, uh, general contractor myself for the kitchens and a lot of the wow. flooring. <laughs> I Literally like to a woman that. of very many hats. Yeah, I like to do that. So that for me is a little bit of a, um, you know, recreational passion. But, yeah. you know, none of this can ever happen without the right leadership. I, I will have right. to that and say uh, there is no way of, if, if I had a leadership, board of directors, presidents throughout the years that you know, didn't let me do my thing or, or didn't support that, we, would, we wouldn't be where we are today, you know, because they, they let me do my job. And that, that's empowering. That's, you can, then the sky's the limit, right? right. Um, and as you hear other associations doing different things, you, you think to yourself, boy, we could do that. I know that that would work here, you know? And right. so it's a collaborative thing, but you got to have the right leadership too. Yeah, right. And as and not only the right leadership, but also the, the trust in the leadership too, right? Because they really trusted you to take the, the bull by the horns and kind of guide it into its uh cattle shoot, I guess is a best way to put it. And you did a great job. Like it's it's really impressive when I I was telling you before I hit record that I asked a few people, Hey, you know Lenore, what are some good questions that I could ask her? And every single person said, You need to talk to her about how the board started when she first stepped in yeah. to where she is now, because that's a fantastic story. And none <laughs> of them were lying. That's a fantastic story. I it can't believe a, that. Yeah, it's good. So for uh, people who might not be a real estate agent or who might not know, what kind of services does the board of realtors in Syracuse provide to their agents? Yeah. So, you know, the, there's two companies. The, there's the GSAR, which is the trade association. And then there's the multiple listing service. That is the uh, Central New York Information Service, which is owned by shareholder brokers. And it wasn't always. It was a committee of the board. And a lot of 
MLS is our committee of the board. So when you say what kind of services, I have two different companies that offer similar but different services to the same uh, consumer, the same customer. And so the association would be geared more towards the code of ethics, educating our members, whether it's the raising the bar efforts that we have in place or um, the continuing education, the salesperson's class, broker's class. And then we have the multiple listing service, which has the, you know, the software that the agents use to um, service the customer and client and keep themselves in order. The showing service, the lockbox service, um, all the different programs that the MLS offers, we have to also train the members, whether it's HomeSnap or, you know, RPR or Realtor.com. You know, our hub is 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 for supporting the Realtor to help them um, do better business and, and for the brokers and broker liability too. Right, right. And you guys put on fantastic education classes. The instructors there are fantastic. I Every time I go there, I'm always like, man, I want to sit through a class with that person for another like an hour, two hours. They're very, uh, very uh, energetic, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, they're um, top line with, with uh, the ability to be able to bring these courses via Zoom. That's opened up a whole new world. The, you know, the floodgates are off. The sky's right. the limit to who we can have. Right, because like um, you guys had the one guy who wrote the... Uh, Color of Law. Yes, right. Um, and yeah. I did that one last year. That was fantastic. Real Otherwise, dead. you guys would have had to probably flown that guy out over here, but oh, we did it over Zoom, right? I don't think we could have afforded him. Bill Denman is his name. And we actually got a grant from NAR. NAR is great about giving us grants. Um, we have to apply for them, of course, and and uh, helps us pay for some of these speakers. And actually, I just went to a national conference where they were telling the executives to um you know, promote the color of law book to their members. And we had just had the author speak and we did buy a yeah. hundred of his books and we're going to be, um, we hoped that we were going to have the main event, which is our trade show in April due to COVID. We didn't have it. We're pushing that out into September where we'll um, offer up his hundred books uh, for a charitable donation to the Ukraine. Nice. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's one of the powers that, covid changed like it made access to information a lot a lot easier and kind of like more affordable right i mean like we would have had to fly that guy out would have been super expensive but instead yeah. we got to sit through like a zoom presentation of ethic yeah. laws in really your jammy, cool. right yeah right yeah it, it's it's like a mullet it's business up front and then pj's on the bottom <laughs> party on the bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so like, obviously, the the objective from the board is to like, get as many real estate because not every real estate agent is a realtor, get as much agents on board working with you guys to increase member growth, which will increase the budgets and stuff like that. So how do you guys kind of measure that? Is it like every month? Is it six months quarterly? I don't, I don't know. Right. Well, you know, you have, for me, I have to stay ahead of, and watch the trends. And that's why it's so important for, for us as leaders to know what's happening in the, in not only just the world, but what's the prediction going forward? Uh, what's the crystal ball say, Lauren June, or we just had um, a speaker from NAR that was an economist. Um, to know what's going to happen in the market in the future will tell us what's going to happen with our membership. So right after COVID, I was budgeting for a 5% member loss. 
who knew the real estate market was going to explode in 2012 or 2021. So I didn't have a problem at all, but we were the first um, association to offer the salesperson's course in 2020. We offered that in July via Zoom and we had 28 students from all over New York State because we were promoting it all over because we knew that we needed to cycle in new members as as members were making decisions whether or not they wanted to sell real estate. A lot of folks were making life changes for themselves. So we needed to filter in new blood. So that is an ongoing thing. That's why we have the salesperson's class as often as we do because the brokers need to you know, as as folks cycle into other businesses, if it doesn't fit for them or they're retiring or they're moving, you know, we we need to, you know, constantly be building that professional blood for the brokerages to have healthy brokerages. Right. And that's I was one of the questions I asked, too, was uh, like how you focus on growing it. But that seems like what a what a best way to advertise how awesome the GSAR is by being one of the first people offering it after literally everything shut down for months you we could be like but you can take your course nowhere else in new york state but you could do it right here with this zoom link with like, a live you know via zoom but still you know some i don't think that i could take a course reading material and taking a test i i need that conversation with an instructor right yeah and the the best thing that we could do is is not skip a beat and just keep keep moving forward and you know, those were trying times, of course, but yeah. And then I, I will say, I think my only regret becoming a real estate agent is the fact that when I did my course, it was all online. It wasn't even zoom. It was literally like click next slide, read video, but I'm very much like you, Lenore. Like I want some social interaction. I want to talk to other people. I want to bounce things off people, but only I will say though, it was super convenient because I was working a full-time retail job. So I was able to like, I would come home on nights and then bang out four hours of it and then go to bed and then go back to work and then come home and then do five more hours. So like, it was very convenient for my schedule, but I do miss that opportunity. I wish I would have just taken like the time off from work and went in, in person right? just because I feel it would, there's just so much you can learn from other people sitting in the yeah. classroom. And, and the relationship you know? that you make, that's the direction that you were going to go in. Right. Right. Do uh, you said you're talking about looking into your crystal ball. What what do you envision the GSAR looking like in the next 10 years? Right. So I think a lot of um, us executives uh, for Association of Realtors are sort of uh, taking a wait and see approach. A lot of them are going back to the way things were. And I don't choose to do that. I think there's efficiencies that we've been forced into accepting in our lives. We would never get rid of teams here. We, at the final hour, we're taught how to use Zoom and Teams from yeah. our... Um, our IT provider, and we struggled through learning it by fire, but efficient as anything. And, you know, hybrid is something we're testing. We we uh, sent a questionnaire to the membership to ask which they prefer, Zoom, education, or uh, in-person. It was 52% Zoom and 48% <laughs> in-person. The yeah, questions I could see that. that. I did miss asking, and I will do it again, um, I should have said, which would you prefer November to March? <laughs> yeah. Which would you, right? Because yeah. Yeah. I, nobody wants to go out in the cold right. and the snow for a three hour course. I don't care who you are. They get all right. dressed up in makeup and, and the whole nine yards. And, you know, I think that 
you know, now that we can have courses, one, two and three hour courses, and we want to do that and, and see how that works for members. For someone to take an hour or two out of their day, do they want to drive from, you know, Cicero or from Lafayette or wherever and have to do that? Or they can jump on Zoom. Right. And I, I don't I don't think I've ever really even met you in person, but I think I know you pretty well. <laughs> yeah, right. From all right? the video conferencing, right? Right. Isn't that so funny? I think that we can do that. We just have to open our open our minds to allow what we thought we had to have in person. We can make it happen via yeah. the internet. And so we're going to be launching a product that is within the member portal. It's called Tradewing, and you'll hear more about it. We're all, we'll have our own little world right in the member portal so that you can talk to one another and um, things will happen quicker for you than what they have in the past. So my crystal ball says, embrace what we've been through. Don't let it go by the wayside. There are efficiencies with it. If leadership supports my vision, um, you know, I don't know that we need big spaces anymore to uh, hold meetings. Maybe we will see that we do enough uh, that bring people together for social networking, that when it comes to training and education, Maybe we can accomplish that in, in a more efficient way. Yes, it's really interesting to see how everything had just shifted so much now. You know, like I used to, uh, I still do every time uh, I have a client that's putting together a purchase offer, right? I always would. First one we do together, top to bottom, we go front to back, go over the whole thing. And now I do it all through Google Meet. So if they love the house, I'll go, we'll hop on a session real quick because they can do it in the comfort of their home. I can do a video real quick. I'll share my screen. We can go line by line. And I I had no idea how to use that technology literally two years I ago. Agree. I agree. We got forced, forced into it. And you yeah. took the best part out, you know, and you're right. taking the best parts out. And if our if our largest sector of buyers are millennials, then everybody has yeah. to get up to speed with this kind of yeah. delivery of service, right? Right. And, and right. for me to show the example, not not say you should be doing this, but oh, wait a minute, we're not. We're not here. You know, I can't do right. that. Right. Right. Lead by example. Right. Exactly. Uh, so in your office, if you could wave a magic wand and get like one expensive piece of equipment or tool or something, what, what would your heart be set on? I got to tell you, there's nothing. Uh, we we are we are very fortunate that our leadership um, wants me to budget for a constant computer upgrading. The staff all wanted uh, uh, plug and play uh, laptops so that they could take them home if they needed to work from home. You know, if their kids were sick, if they came down with COVID, whatever it was happening in our world, that they had their work with them all the time. And so I budget for that. And, the you know, so the leadership approves it. There really isn't anything that if we want it. Well, and of course, as I said before, you know, we don't, I get the best that's affordable. That makes sense. We are not extravagant here. Um, I think my chair is at least 20 years old and I still love it. I, I don't <laughs> want a new one. I'm okay with it. Can't that. get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. Me, no. But if, if I wanted a new chair, I would buy it. But right. You know, the, to answer that question, there really isn't anything that I can think of that if we didn't need it, we wouldn't get it. I think that's that's kind of nice to hear, actually. I think it's especially if 
Like if you guys had said, you know, I really wish that we could afford a printer. Then I'd be like, oh my God, Lenore, <laughs> I'll go buy a printer for you. But hearing that, like, you're like, we're good, actually. We don't, there's no stress on that. That's, that's no, no. Nice you know, we installed um, a complete hybrid system here in July of 2020. Oh, and nice. I thought we would be coming back to hybrid sooner, obviously, than we are right now. Um, who knew what was going to happen? I just wanted to be ready. So we were one of the first to install the equipment that we've done plenty of tours with other associations. Just, hey, do you see what we got? <laughs> you know, this is what we have. Yeah. We haven't used it yet, but this is what we right. got. And um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, and that, there was no question. You know, it's just like we need this. Um, it's not going to go to waste. And uh, it was there for us to do. The money was right. there. And how many people are working with you at the board? Yes. Yeah, so we, um, we, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had uh, seven staff that were full-time. Now we've had uh, the, a position dissolve, uh, one staff person retire, and another one uh, decide to um, be with their kids more. So uh, take a position where they could be with their children um, during the summer months. And so what I've done with that is decided what, our weaknesses were, and we have now outsourced staff in New Orleans, Florida, uh, Albany, and someone here in Syracuse too. They're not full-time, they're part-time, and they are specialized. So I have a communications person uh, who worked for the New York State Association for 23 years, hired him immediately um, after our doors, doors closed with COVID because communication was the only thing that I had between um, my members and us, right? right? And I wanted to make sure that I had the top of the line communicator that I didn't have to explain anything to. He knew exactly what I was talking about when I said, you need to do this and you need to send a letter to the governor and it has to say this in it and make me sound really smart. And <laughs> poof, it's there. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I am now starting to hire specialists that don't have to sit in this office. They're professionals. They, um, one individual uh, has been an executive officer and run an 8,000 member MLS. And wow. she's part, partly retired, but a young retiree and has all that knowledge and know-how. And so she's going to do some specific um, things for us. And she's in New Orleans. Wow. Who would have who thought? That is really cool. Yeah. Um, you don't have to stay in your back door anymore to hire a professional, yeah. depending on, you know, what it is you're looking for, of course. Yeah, right, right. And, like, these people aren't real estate agents, right? They're just... No, no. Yeah. These are yeah. They're specialized in my business, association management. So that's what that's what I'm looking for, are, are folks that, you know, have been executive officers or in a specific field for an association or any kind of association. It doesn't just have to be a real estate association. Association management can be... Um, you know, pretty broad, but pretty parallel within mm -hmm. um, like trade organizations to another. Right. It's still, you still have a board. You're still trying to make sure that it's, uh, Solvent. that it runs adequately, that you have the right tools to give to the members and stuff right. like that. There's some right. parallels to that. Right. Um, so, uh, the, uh, you guys also do like, uh, raising the bar events, uh, for people who don't know, it's like, a if a real estate agent attends three of them, right, Lenore, out of the yeah, four? Yeah, four, four out of five. There's four out four of five. Raising the bars, yeah, four raising the bars in community day. And if they hit four of those and we track it, 
um, they they receive 20% off of their local dues. How do you plan those? Because we're talking like one of them was the uh, uh, yeah. the color of law was, mm-hmm. was one of the presentations we sat through. How do you like think of these ideas? Is it a board that you talk to or? No, not usually. I just, uh, cause I'm, I'm ahead. I'm always like ahead. So uh, when, you know, I heard about the color of law book, um, one of our brokers had bought the book for both boards of directors that just gave it to them said it's such a great book you you folks have to read this book and i'm like well, who's the author let's just call the author what do they charge let's see you know is it ten thousand or two thousand you don't right. know unless you ask right? right and he he was fairly expensive but you take into consideration the grant that we can get from nar and all of a sudden he it wasn't so bad because i do budget for raising the bars only i was budgeting to have them at a hotel with continental breakfast and that cost about $1,200. So now right. I can take that money and put it towards Bill Denman, who was the co-author of the you know, Long Island Report. And we had him last year. Right. And so I'm, I'm just about like, hey, and nothing's off the table. Doesn't matter where they're, where they're from. Do those ideas just like pop up in your head? It's never just like uh, overleap. It's just like something that a spur of a moment thing. Ooh, we should get the author. In. No, it, it we'll be talking about it. Sometimes a director will, will suggest something and we'll run with it or a committee will suggest something and we'll run with it. But most times, you know, the agents are, are selling real estate. I mean, that's what they're here for. That's what we want to empower them to do. My job is to bring the things to them that they need for their business and not yesterday, but, you know, today right now you know what what do they need to know right now and i have to be working on that at least six months ahead of time so it's a constant you know i'm already working on next year right now oh i bet yeah so only three months into 2022 you already got 2023 planned yep you got to be that far ahead because typically those speakers if they're in demand at all and good right their their calendars are out that far right right and is there a, a certain person that you had speak at any of these events that really blew you out of the water? Yeah, I think that I think I really enjoyed Bill Dedman um, and uh, his motivation for writing the art, participating in the article and the way he had everything orchestrated. And we had a practice session with him. I learned a lot about what you need to do with a professional speaker. Uh, we don't just jump on a call and and that's the first time we've ever talked to them. We have practice now and everyone has to make sure their technology is working prior to we all get together. And then, you know, of course, the day of something will go wrong. We always know that's right. going to happen. But, um, always happens. Yes, but uh, it's a whole new learning of how you can do these things now. But I would say to answer your question, probably I would, I felt Bill Dedman did a great job and was very on point. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And switching more over to like Lenore life. Did you sell real estate before you got into this position? No, never. <laughs> no. That's awesome. I, I mean, it looks like, it looks like a very um, fun career, but there is so much to it and so much disappointment. And, um, <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, I, I've, I've been raised by realtors for 40 some years. So I've seen the perils and heartbreaks they have to go through and the disappointments. And 
So I did not sell real estate, but I owned two, two units when I was 27 years old. I love to tell that story. Dang. Yeah. Single woman. And uh, because back in that day, I was typing listing cards. So uh, the listings would come to me first from all the brokers, right? So I've got all these listings and I'm typing up a hard card on them. And so I'm reading everything about every listing, right? So I'm oh, getting right. So right. <laughs> I would call the broker and say, hey, I would love to see hey. this property. And um, yeah, so that's how I was able to do that. But and, and I and even today, my son and daughter-in-law own a two unit because that's how I think that when you're young, it's a great way to build wealth, you know, right, right. There, there's no that's better awesome. way. Do you still own any multi units right now? I do. I, I do. I, I own a two unit up on Wellesley Island. Oh, really? Yeah. So wow, that you know, cool. I want to if I want to be up there, I have to make it work for me, you know? Yeah, so. right, right. With with your day to day is probably very similar to mine, not consistent. Right. <laughs> right. right? No. Yeah. You start the morning with your text message returns and emails and directing the staff in the right direction. Not that they don't know the direction on their own, but just a temperature check it, you know, between six and seven in the morning and on it goes. Do you have like a routine? Like do you, it's like, write in my journal for a half hour, eat no. breakfast at eight o'clock. <laughs> no, I, no, no. I and, envy well, those kind of people. I, can, I don't think no, I'd ever I really be like do that. Too. I, the meditation, I meditated this morning. Oh, nice. I think I paused a little bit, but you know, I, I, I think that with the technology that we have and using it properly, I, I'm, I'm really efficient and I can have my downtime when I feel like I need it. I, I took on aerobic swimming during COVID. So I try to fit in my aerobic awesome. swimming. That's the only thing. That's the me thing that I do, right? So it lets a lot of stress out. And um, I've really enjoyed that. It helps me, you know, stay in shape through these times. But that's about the How only How are you swimming? Like twice a week, three times a week? I, I try to go every day. So if you try nice. to do something every day, it ends up being about three times, four times a week. Yeah, right. Right. So that's how I, that's how I make it work. Are you doing like certain distance or are you just going for like time? No, just aerobic. And um, I do some laps, but it's mostly, uh, they have water weights. So when you, they're different sizes. So when you oh, put them nice. in water, they have different strength. So oh, cool. I, there's one that I can't even move in the water, uh, you know, it would be for, for, for a guy, a build guy, you know, that has a lot of muscles. So <laughs> yeah, tough, it's a whole new thing. It. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's one thing I learned uh, when uh, I worked for runnings in my past life, it was like a retail store and uh, they put me up in a hotel for a week to help get one of the stores built. And I had uh, their gym was, was terrible at the hotel, but they had a pool. So I was like, ah, well, I'll go in the pool and I'll do some laps. My first time ever swimming laps. And I think I lasted about 10 minutes and I had to not only battle my elevated heart rate, but also those panicking thoughts that would come into my mind that I was drowning when really I wasn't, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. swimming is a different kind of cardio entirely. It doesn't matter if you're a runner or a, a those freaking triathletes. I have a whole new love and respect for after that. I'm nowhere near that level, but you know, just, just being aerobic and in the water, you're, you're not, your joints aren't feeling it as much. You're not as fatigued because you're getting cooled off the whole time. Right. So, right. and especially when you, and I, I wear uh five pound ankle weights on each ankle. So that gives oh, me a full body workout, you know? So. Right. You're getting the extra credit in. 
what so in your your position what do you think is like uh the biggest hurdle you have to overcome uh well, probably the adoption of technology by my members and, and getting the members to read, 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 read. If I, if, if I had a crystal ball and could, could uh, entrance the members into doing anything, and I know it's hard because I have so much reading. Uh, someone will get mad at me. I, you didn't return my email. I'm like, oh, for the love of God. <laughs> I try to get there. Yeah. But, um, and that... To, to just read everything that we put out or at least peruse it because it, there's so much missed and right. communication in all of our um, positions, communicating is probably the most difficult challenge that we have. Yeah. I mean, I uh, listened to a podcast with Tom Ferry is a big real estate dude. You probably know him. Oh, uh, he uh, had a guest on who had said uh, that uh, really what our, what my job as a real estate agent is just, communicating with people right we just we're talking them through how to navigate something and uh when he said that i was like wow that's it's when he said it i was it, like the light bulb went off my head i'm like yeah wow communication is probably like far exceeds everything else that we do as agents because i mean that's probably one of the most important things to a transaction one and two also just making sure you communicate how to overcome different issues or how to what you do in this scenario is uh, one of the most important things. I think, uh, I don't know when he said that I was like, Oh yeah. Why didn't I think of that before where it was just, it's super important. Um, so knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice you give newbie Lenore fresh into the role of CEO. I just love that question. Me too. Um, yeah, I do. I like it. Uh, I guess that I would probably say, um, don't be afraid to to make mistakes and be innovative. You know, you, you've got to you've got to know that if you try something new, you, it may not succeed. But you can't just you, you know bring on the things that you know will be powerful or successful. You have to try everything and not to be afraid of doing that. Sometimes when you start in a new career. Um, you're being judged more than ever before, right? Did I, did we get the right person? And she can she do this? She's so young. Because believe it or not, I was young when I started my position uh, with the association. And, How old were you? Uh, <laughs> not telling. All right, that's fair. I was I was I was pretty young. Well, thirteen think... years ago. So if we do the well, math, no, that technically... was Elvira was fourteen years, and I've been here for twenty-seven years. So, okay, so yeah, so I was, it I was doesn't in, add up because then that means you would have started when you were like four, Lenore. Ex, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a young, I was young woman and I, I was a little afraid, you know, any woman that age or any person uh, starting such a huge career at a young age. Um, fear of failing is a real got, thing. Got, yeah. Fear of being judged badly and, you know, I'm going to let everybody down, including myself. And I moved here for nothing. <laughs> you know, right. So right. It, it would be not to be afraid. Trust your gut and try everything, you know. And if you fail, it, it, you just get up. My mother right. used to say, pull your bootstraps up, right? And yeah, right. Uh, do the next thing. Just do the next thing. Keep going. Did uh, when you had stepped into the position, did you have, uh, have you ever heard the term imposter syndrome? No. Uh, imposter syndromes like uh, you step into a new role or a new career and you feel like uh, 
your feet aren't big enough for the boots, right? You feel like you're an imposter in the position. Do you feel like you went through that? Yes, because I remember walking in the atrium and the board office was beautiful. It was a gorgeous building, gold handles and um, knobs on the door, you know, cherry furniture is beautiful. And uh, they had beautiful tile in the atrium. And I thought to myself, I have to run this place. Plus, I got to I have to manage this building and tenants. And, oh, my gosh, how can I do all this? And you just do. You work a lot work hard but yeah just, well yeah. especially being young in that position too i've been uh when i was uh they promoted me to assistant store manager at runnings i was 26 i'm doing my math right 26 and uh i was the youngest that was in there so that pressure of them me still technically being a kid because all those guys and those ladies were probably mid 50s so i was still a young kid to them and uh, I suffered that big time when I first stepped into management where I was just like, I'm not making the right decision. I shouldn't be in this role. I don't know if I can do this. But like, it just feels like every day you just do do your job a little bit better than the last day. And it eventually gets better and better and better. Right, right. But you mature, you know, so that and you I, I, I just continue to say the no fear um, when they say kids have no fear. I mean, they jump off of things that now I would never think of doing, but it, you know, through through the test of time, you make your mistakes and you learn from them. And, and that empowers you. Empowerment, I think, is a that is super because it almost you get to a, a point where it happened in real estate for me where I felt like the first year and a half, two years, I, I was very not confident in my abilities to eventually being more confident, more empowered in myself to, to not only know the answers, but also not feel so bad for having to reach out and ask the questions to the right people. Um, so being, a being a real estate agent, what's one thing that I can do that would make your life easier in the future? Read everything. <laughs> read read your email, Corey. <laughs> read There's your email. But um, yeah, it just, you know, you've got to read everything to know what's going on. Even I have to. Um, my travel has started back up. Um, I travel about nine times a year to seminars and training. And I don't think the membership realizes that. So, um, I've got to read everything that's going on at that conference. I've got to read everything that's going on here and going back out to the members, what's coming into me from, from leadership and members. So, you know, then my friends say, you know, have you read a book, this book, or have you read a good book lately? I don't want to read one other thing. Yeah, right. I'll take my books on tape. Thank you. Yep. Um, so, you know, we just don't have a lot of time to, you know, digest reading, but I've got to say that that's the most important thing that a member can do to help us out here and to be, uh, and to be professional to the staff, the staff will be professional to you and you must be professional to them. Okay. Who is not being nice to Christine? Who's not being, (laughs) because she's a sweetheart of a lady. Yeah. They're all, they're all wonderful professional women here. And, and we do have men, as I said, off site and folks, um, we just respect each other. We like each other. You know, we've been through a 
tough time together here. You know, everyone that went through the pandemic, you sort of have a heightened uh, feeling of fellowship towards one another because you came together and made it through on the other end. Hopefully we're on the other end. So yeah, by now, right. Fingers crossed with you having to go to like all these, these conferences. Is there one that you've gotten to go to in the past few years that was like mind blowing? You know, I really always, the, I just went to one in Atlanta and it's the National Association of Realtors Association Executives Seminars. And it's, they've got a lot of different things. Now mindful things, you know, uh, have come into the atmosphere of, of our learning, but things for the members, things to motivate us, things to help us personally in our career, um, products and services that we should be delivering to the agent. So it's, it's really a not to miss for someone in my position. And also the, um, the National Association of Realtors uh, conferences, they have a, a conference, typically it was in DC in May, and then the annual conference is in November. This year coming up, it's in Orlando. Um, and those are, I would say, the national conference. If you didn't go to anything all year, that's the one you should go to. In Orlando? It will be mind blowing. Absolutely. The trade show floor is overwhelming. Um, you need a whole day to get through it. Uh, the products and services that they offer there. We have scholarships for our agents that want to go to the, the meetings that are held by state and national. Um, and of course, all of our leadership, they're uh, encouraged to attend these meetings too, because that's where they learn what's going on out there, you know, with right. the rest of world. And that is sort of the temperature check on where we are. You know, a lot of our leaders will go to roundtable discussions and they'll find out that, you know, there are things that maybe we we should be doing. And most times they find out that they're telling what we do. And that's all good, you know, to share the information. That's got to be refreshing to hear. It is really, it's my temperature check for me when I, you know, there's nothing better than having one of my leaders come back and say, you know what? we were doing all the things that everybody else is doing plus a whole lot more. And then I know that, that we're doing the right thing. Wow. That's really cool. That's, that's a good way uh, to, to kind of put it in perspective, especially when you go to these conferences, you're not just looking at just Syracuse or Cortland or uh, Ithaca. You're looking at literally the entire nation of realtors. Absolutely. What are the big guys doing? What are the big associations and multiple listing services doing? What's the next thing coming? But there's also a lot of industry leaders like, you know, we we bring in Lawrence Yoon, who talks about the economy and what his predictions are. And so you sort of have to listen to that and and, uh, budget accordingly and bring services accordingly to what he's talking about. Is there uh, one board that's like national that you like either look up to or keep a close eye on to see like what they do with their board? Yes. Um, The Houston Association of Realtors, um, HAR, is very progressive. Of course, they've got a ton of staff, but they are very progressive. And also the California Association. Um, Can we uh, talk about Houston real quick? What is the size of their staff? You said you have you and seven people. So put in perspective, Houston's probably like 30 no, or more. Yeah. Or more. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. I know it, it, it's mind blowing, but they, they cover a larger territory of members. And, you know, with the New York state, there's quite a few associations. I mean, you know, Cortland has an association of a, of a hundred members. And before Oswego and Cuga County uh, merged into uh, our association, 
they each had around 100, 150 agents. So, you know, bigger isn't always better. Right. Um, finding a better way to bring services to those smaller associations, however that might be. Um, for example, we vendor MLS services to Mohawk Valley, um, to Jefferson Lewis, to Cortland. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we are a reseller of services and we act as a vendor of those services because their boards are not close by. They have their own, you know, um, group of realtors that want to be in in leadership roles. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I see it sort of like a different sororities, different clubs. And right. I learned that early on when I went to a RPAC picnic in Cuga County and I, I showed up way overdressed because in Syracuse, <laughs> that's how you would show up at a picnic, right? Right, but right. in Cuga County, not so much the same. So I learned that every association has their own personality and I, I respect it and it's what their members want. And so I think they should exist if that's what they want. And if right. we can collaborate in other ways that make sense, like the multiple listing service or the lockbox service, or the showing service, whatever those services, education, um, that to me makes sense. But thinking that bigger, bigger is better, isn't necessarily always the best way. Right, right. I love to hear that you guys are collaborating with the the other boards. I think that's such a not only just uh, healthier for everybody in general, but also, man, what a great way to take ideas from different groups and also be able to you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We'll give you something, give you some tools, give you the space for education. Um, I just think that just makes a more collaborative kind mm-hmm. of life, especially with all the different boards that float around. Yeah. Um, how do you balance everything from personal life to CEO? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I just, I guess at this point in my life, I think I've got it down, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, earlier on in my career when I was, you know, putting the building together and still trying to do my job on 7th North Street and then, you know, have my own personal life. um, You know, it was, you know, you're running, you're not walking to anything. (laughs) You're not taking naps and going to bed early. So and it's just to the degree, how successful do you want to be? How how good at your job do you want to be? You know, you can you muddle through and no one would notice. Or do you want to, you know, skyrocket? You know, right. Right. You yeah. want to be the best, you know, like you don't want to be a mediocre realtor. You want to be the best out there. Right. Just because that's yeah. who you are. Right. Like that's uh, when I first stepped in the role, I was very I had a very hard time with balance because I'm going from one job that was you show up, you work eight and a half hours, you go home and then you don't have to think about us the rest You're of the done. day. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm when I went into this job. I had a very, I very much had a focus on balancing everything. Um, I mean, my wife and I, we were just engaged at the time, but we didn't have a kid. Right. And then here comes Ashton, April, 2020. And now like balancing work, martial arts, personal mm-hmm. life, dad life, like that has become way more apparent in my life. And I love to hear how different people find their ways to to balance that stuff all out. I don't, I don't think I ever want to be the number one top producing agent because to me, that sounds like a lot less time I get to hang out with my son. I'd much, I'd much rather like, I still, I want to be a good agent, like a successful by the books, ethical, Mm -hmm. um, writes great offers. I, but I 
don't think I ever want to be number one in the well, MLS. That that you're going to be number one in your world, right? Yeah, I, I want to be number one in Ashton's world. Yeah. You know what I mean? In yeah, Brittany's world. Being when I. 14 or 16 when I took this position. So I didn't have that. And I was a single woman. So, you know, it was, I didn't have a spouse that was saying, you know, come home for dinner, you know, or right. <laughs> I would have loved right. to have a spouse maybe pick up my laundry or <laughs> right. do the dishes or make me right. dinner, but that didn't happen. Even more impressive doing that all as a, as a single mom, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing all that solo. Like that's yeah. just uh if he was a baby, that would have been a whole different if he was your son's age, it a whole different story. But you know, as a teenager and he was a good boy, so didn't give me a hard time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah now he's like now things are kind of like opening up a little bit. Like I brought him uh to a listing appointment the other day. I just he tagged oh. along with me, he had a great time. It was it was <laughs> awesome. And now I'm like now I get to like bring him to different things. It's it's it definitely opens it up a little bit more for all the cool things that I get to do with them. That's awesome. But I I don't I Lenora I don't think I'll ever be number one top producing agent. <laughs> I, that the thought of that is 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 cool, right? It's it comes with a lot of cool rewards and and merit. But I'd rather be the good average guy who's just spending more time with his son. To me, that sounds. That sounds way cooler. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what's important in your life right now. But once he gets into college right. and, you know, you're just looking exactly. for what's the next thing that I should be doing with my career, you never know. You right. might be a big builder or, you know, broker, whatever. Right, right. Man, I don't know. Opening up my own board. Just uh, whew, already making my <laughs> palms sweat thinking of opening up my own, my yeah, own that's thing. A of- right, right. Uh, Lenore, I... I thank you for your time. I mean, this was like a whole hour of your day that you got to sit and talk with me. This has well, been a lot of fun. I feel like I learned a lot. Right. Thank you. You're very. Well, I'm uh, sorry. You cut out right before. What'd you say? I said, uh, who doesn't like talking about themselves? <laughs> right. Everybody does. Right. So, and I don't do it very often. So very, well, very, very seldom do I talk about my career. And, and uh, I always talk about what we do down here, but not much about myself. So. Thank you for with, asking. With a very cool story. Every the three different people that I spoke to was was all right on the money that this was a, a very cool and enlightening story. I think not only for like maybe other agents that don't realize where the GSA had started, but even just for the general public of how the board works and all the cool things that you guys provide. Because you guys do a lot for us. And uh it's fantastic. Well, thank you for recognizing that. I certainly do appreciate it. Thanks for allowing me to come on the show. Yeah. Anytime you uh, want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. This has been a blast. Well, thank you, Lenore. I appreciate you. Thank you, Corey. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing from the text messages to social media posts. It's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. 
If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.